Hi, this is Ian Sinclair, the voice of Space Dandy and other people. You're listening to Byte. Good job. Hey there, how's it going everybody? That's right, if you're hearing my voice, it's another magical episode of the Coven Podcast, where we uh, examine the intersection between geek and girl and all the interesting places uh, within that. Uh, we're looking at uh, specifically female representation in uh, the worst of the worst ways uh, in villains this episode, and also uh, representation of uh, the LGBTQI plus community uh, within baddies. Yeah, we're, I like to add the plus because you don't know who's wanting to be included in there. Um, it just feels a little better, definitely. But I am joined today uh, by two newbies, two new witches. Welcome to the coven. Let us gather around this cauldron of issues and discuss what uh, is swirling therein. I am your host, Daily Wilhelm, the Witch of the Wavelengths. Joining me today is our very own Ian Pemberton. Daily, you have you have a way with words. Thank let me, you. Let me say that that was a really good <laughs> intro. Yay. Um, so um, my name is Ian. Um, I run news features, new to podcasts this year. Uh, doing a couple reviews, that sort of thing. Uh, really wanted to be on this podcast because, like, female villains and just villains in general. Like, who doesn't like a good villain? Um, so, like, that that just piqued my interest, and I was just immediately, like, Harley Quinn came to my mind. Like, all these these characters came to my mind, and I was like, boom. So. Yeah, we're gonna we're definitely going to get into uh, Harley Quinn a little bit on this podcast. We've been talking a lot about Harley Quinn on the Coven, but I feel like we need to. Yeah, there's so I many mean, things su- to with talk Suicide about. Squad. Yeah, definitely. But uh, sitting uh, to my left is another new witch here on uh, the Coven, our very own. My name's Matthew Yap. Uh, I'm a freshman. I'm a video host here for Byte, and I also do copy editing. Uh, I wanted to be on this podcast because I am quite the feminist. Uh, I'm very into politics and uh, women's issue and minority issues really is a really big one for me. So I was really interested. And like uh, Ian said, I just love a good villain, yeah. especially like really, really evil people. And I think it's interesting to see how women are portrayed in that way. Yeah, I'm really glad you guys have said how much you like love a good villain because that's my first question. Like, how important are villains to a story? I mean, like, it's the villain almost sometimes, like, they make the story. Because, like, um, one of my favorite villains is Bowser. Because, I mean, it's like he kidnaps he kidnaps pa- Princess Peach and he admits that he's evil. Like, yeah. he just broadcasts it out of the world. Like, he, he knows he's evil. He's like, yeah, what about it? Like, he just, he, he has a real, like, come at me, bro sort of attitude. And, like, villains just kind of have their own weird, like... Oftentimes a superiority complex. Yeah. And, like, jump in, Matt, if you have, like... I just think that uh, villains, like, I feel like to have a good hero, you have to have a good villain. I think one of the reasons that, like, people find Batman so iconic is a lot of times they pair him right up with the Joker. It's just there's a relationship that, like, you can't really get with a, like, lazy villain. You and need a good villain to make a good hero. They're, they're, they're like, a foil of the hero. Like, that that's the thing with Batman that uh, I saw in a video once. Like, all of his villains, or at least most of his villains, uh, represent, like, 
a point about Batman. Like, Joker is representative of, like, he's he's the opposite of, like, order and, you know, civilization. Um, Bane is, like, his use of brute strength and his raw intelligence. Um, Scarecrow is his use of fear tactics. Two-Face is his, like, duality. Like, they bring out something in the hero that, like, otherwise would remain, like, buried deep yeah. within yeah, that's really interesting how yeah. uh, it's almost sometimes we think of the villain more than we do of the hero of certain series, like definitely with Batman. I mean, I Joker comes to mind first when I think of Batman because I'm sorry, Bruce Wayne, you're not Batman that interesting. Is boring. Batman's boring. Sorry. Like as much as like I am the greatest detective there ever was and I can do all kinds of martial arts, I'm like... Like, the, there's but, a reason that the phrase, because I'm Batman, is a thing now. Literally. Like, because I'm Batman. Because, I can't do the voice. I can't do the voice. I, I would I'm not try, going to attempt it. Thank you. That was Thank very you, Matthew. That was Thank great. Thank you. I try. Well, but, just park that at the beginning of the podcast. That'll be the first thing that everyone hears. Yes. I like that. I like that a lot. But uh, so, so far, we've mostly mentioned uh, male villains um, and that's just kind of because of the glaring lack of female villains. There's not as a, a lot of them out there, that's or like really there's isn't. there's not a lot of good ones, I should say. Like uh, the worst thing in my mind for villain to be is like two dimensional. Yeah. And like all the like great villains in my mind stand out because like you can kind of empathize with their position. Like one of the the OG villains of all time in my mind is. Uh, uh, Ozymandias from Watchmen because like yeah he's doing like a really horrible thing but like he truly believes he's doing the right thing and like I would love it if there were more like female psychopaths as weird as that sounds yeah. like I want more women to be brutal well like on the and relationship that, like, problem like I feel like a problem that a lot of like women characters bring up is like the relationship between like Batman and Joker is really cool because they bring out really cool things in each other. And a lot of times with women, you see that the relationship they have is it, it he brings turns, out a love interest. Yeah, it turns yeah. like instantly. Like sexual it's either like Catwoman. a love interest or just a really two dimensional character. Like Poison Ivy, she's really cool, but like uh, she loves plants and wants to kill. He- like there's not a lot of backstory there. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, yeah. it's usually either a love interest or a very two dimensional character. Yeah, like with Harley Quinn, we see her being more extrapolated on, especially in the comics where you get more of her background and like how she went from Dr. Harley Quinzel to Harley Quinn. Um, But that's really only seen in relationship to her relationship with the Joker. She's never really seen as like the villain. She's not not seen apart from him. She's always like with him and she wouldn't be anything without him. Yeah. And like kind of kind of breaching into like a lot of the problems with female villains is that like it's kind of hard to make a a female villain that's like like the way I think about it is that like there's there's a difference between a sexualized character and a sexual character. Yes. If that makes sense. Like, definitely. Yeah, like like a sexualized character would be like someone who is deliberately like um you know, obviously very sexual in nature, but, like, they don't really do anything about it. It's just kind of there. Yeah, they don't um, own it. They're not using it. Yeah, versus, like, a sexual character understands their sexuality and then, like, uses it to their advantage. Like, Harley Quinn, I would say, is more on the sexual spectrum because, like, she understands that half of her Goonies, like, you know, probably want her. Want her. Yeah. 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 And like she uses that. Like she she owns it and she knows it. Like 
Oh yeah, and she she she's, taunts the Batman with it. Yeah, like, she's on the femme fatale list, which we will definitely be getting to here. But so in general, um, we all read that Mary Sue article about the glaring lack of female villains, and there was a really good uh, quote from that, and it was like. Uh, It said, I feel like filmmakers are thinking, why does it matter if there are female antagonists? It's not like villainous characters make women look good. And while this might be true in the most simplest sense, it misses the bigger point. Having female characters in films shouldn't be about getting a few nice positive moments for women and then calling it a day. It should be about naturally having an equal distribution of genders in film roles. Yeah, like, like everyone, every single spectrum of humanity is every single spectrum of, like, really awesome, amazing, like, um, humanist person who, like, does charity and is awesome. But, like, there's always going to be, like, people who slide down the spectrum down to, like, complete... I I don't want to use a certain word, but just the worst aspects of humanity. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That possibly represents a... uh, posterior yeah no i i get what you're saying i get what you're trying to say (laughs) and like um i don't know matthew like i just think that like yeah like it's not going to make women look great but like it's better that there's a woman on the screen like we're not asking for perfect characters we're just asking for there to be characters and to just even if it makes them look bad like i get why you wouldn't want to female characters look bad because you know the whole uh issue with that but then maybe add in some other female characters that are good and just more like, females in yeah, just, just more women. yeah just balance it out just throw them in there yeah like the big thing that uh they were talking about in the article was uh especially the latest uh star trek movie into mm-hmm. darkness that isn't the latest yet but uh oh wait yeah that the was the, the con reboot yeah sort of and it thing. was like What if they had gender-swapped Khan? That would have been super cool because we see, like, women uh, on, like, the ship and everything. Like, we have Uhura and we have, I can't think of her name, the new science officer um, Uh, in the horrible shirtless scene with her. And who everyone knows because she she showed her bra, basically. Yeah, oh my gosh, guys. (laughs) Like, that thumbnail was all over the internet and everyone... Women can't wear bras, guys. It's just really inappropriate. (laughs) It's really inappropriate. They shouldn't be doing that. I apologize in advance, everyone. there There are reasons for nudity... In, like, scripts, it's like, okay, you know, I can totally understand why that character had to be nude. Like, in, yeah. in Game of Thrones, like, it happens all the time where, like, you know, there there are just situations where it's like, yeah, that, that would happen. Yeah. Like, but, we're in the middle of a coitus scene. It's going to happen. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, but when they just kind of throw nudity in there, it's like, okay, yeah, like. You you tried. Yeah. <laughs> you were you were doing that. I see what you were doing. Like, uh, in, in Marvel movies. Absolutely. That's, Yeah. yeah. Back to the gender swap thing. I think that, like, gender swapping is actually a really good way to be able to use female characters, especially when, like, the characters maybe aren't specifically, like, male. Like, um, the, uh, whatever in Doctor Strange, the big controversy that they just made the ancient one a female. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, like. Tilda Swinton's character. Yeah, he's, it's not necessarily a male thing. It's just kind of like a all-powerful being, um. They just talked about making the demon lord Trigon a female in some type of comic book that caused some big controversy. And because 
uh, it presented itself as a female to one of the characters, and everyone said it was a female now. But I think the point was that it's just like a being, and it can be portrayed by women or men. And so, like, I feel like that kind of helps bring women to the screen. Is yeah. If it can just present either way, because it's just a being, it doesn't necessarily have to be a male. Yeah, because I don't think I don't think you have a good character if it's in uh, this character's entire characterization, everything about them relies on what gender they are. Right. Well, like, I, I would have to disagree. Like, call me, like, weird, and I'm not going to, like, hate on gender you're swap. you so weird. But. Ian, you're weird. Like, I, I always thought the whole gender swap thing was weird. Like, I, I can understand, like, if you just swap the genders and it's like, okay, you know, that's that's a thing that you can do. But my my question would be, like, what's the point of it? Like, a character shouldn't be defined by their gender, but at the same time, it shouldn't be completely absent from, like, their character. Because, like, it, there was a really good video I saw from, uh, if you guys know who Extra Credits are. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They they made a video about uh, female characters and, like, how to write them, which we'll probably go into later in this oh, yeah. episode. But um, he mentioned that, like, a a female character is just like a male character in that, like, they both have societal pressures like pushing down on them and how they respond, whether they choose to embrace them, whether they choose to like reject them or just ignore them entirely, like that is part of a character. And like gender swapping kind of like, as much as I want to like, you know, shorten the divide between the genders, like it, it kind of, it, it weakens a character in doing so. See, I disagree. I actually really enjoy gender swapping. Um, Thor, the Thor comics for a brief amount of time, Thor was a woman, which was, like, a big issue for people, but I really enjoyed it, and it kind of got me back yeah. into Thor comics, because, and like you said, there are certain societal pressures that, like, get... Are specific like, to Yeah, gen- to specific yeah. To women, so it brings new conflict for the character. And, like, you know, Marvel, I don't know how much gender swap stuff they've done. I th- Did they ever do it? I want to say they did an Iron Man gender swap or something yes, like that. Yes, that is actually now the new canonical Iron Man is known as Iron Heart. She is... Uh, I forget her last name. Her name is uh, Riri. And uh, she is like a prodigy from MIT. She's like 17 years old. Yeah. Um, well, she's why, really cool. Why Iron Heart? Uh, because they couldn't do Iron Maiden for obvious reasons. Well, yeah. And I, they... I, I, I liked female because it was like Effie for Iron. Iron. A- yeah. That, I mean, that, I liked that. Somebody <laughs> made that pun the other day. But like. I don't know, like Iron Woman just doesn't have the same ring to it. Yeah, maybe. no, I, I I like Ironheart. It kind of gives it a new spin to it because it makes it its own character. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again, uh, that I definitely agree. There's some problems with gender swapping in that, like, we're taking away some, like, we have to add things onto that. We have to realize that they're going to have different problems than their male counterpart yeah, is it, going to have, which is a good thing a to explore too. I, I don't think gender swapping is a bad thing. It's just that, like, if it's misused, then like, it it feels as though you're weakening the characters because like part of the characters is like, like if Samus Aran was like a man, like part of her character is the fact that like, I mean. Even though she is a woman, like she just does not care. Like she'll she'll just blow up entire planets because they you know look at her the wrong way. And like as the, one does the fact that like <laughs> she struck the fact that she's such a strong female character is like really powerful because it's like she just like she acts in the way she does just because that is the way she is. 
Yeah. No, I agree. Like we, she's a force we, to be yeah. reckoned we with. We should never gender swap Samus Aran. Never. But I think that we're at the point now where we don't have enough like strong female characters. We just don't have enough female characters as a whole, um, like originally written as of yet. So it helps to take these stories and like these the pre-existing. Canons. And like I, yeah. I get that, but my argument would be it's it's kind of like writing fan fiction. In a weird way. It can come off as pandering. Yeah, yeah and like, that is true. Why not write just an original female character? Like, That's, not even the same character, but like just It's a hard to get a female character. character, like, someone to pick that up. It's, like, easier just to be like, yeah, they like Thor, they'll like female Thor. Like, yeah. it's just easier to get yeah. it picked up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we live in a complicated world where you have to think about the marketing, too, and you can't just have the pure art form and being like this yes this yeah. person is female and they're going to do all this badass stuff because sometimes people are like well you got to back that up with uh they're able to do that because originally they were a man or something like that well, um, yeah and that that opens a whole can of worms where it's like you know um making women always you know badasses yeah in, yeah. yeah but uh, you know. i do think that especially now filmmakers and uh creators in general try to check mark that strong female character box and they, thus they, are they losing... overcompensate they yeah really do. and they're or losing they just female characters in general because women are complicated we're not just all strong or all weak there's well, there's well, a spectrum people are complicated i say that's exactly. the problem yeah. They, yeah. men get like lots of sides to them lots of layers very ogre like but women are just either <laughs> they're <laughs> Super strong, or they're they're super feminine. You don't get an in between. Take yeah. your pick. Layer like onion. Yes. I, I usually like to think of it as parfait, but that you know, onion onion works. Too. Onions, ogres, parfaits, mm. all the same. Yeah, Everybody layers. Likes parfait. Everyone has layers, and I really like it when we get to explore that dark side that women can have. But I think that one of the biggest stopping points people have in making uh, female villains is that no one wants to see. Captain America beating, beating up, up a, a woman. woman. Yeah, yeah, and that's that brings to mind like um Poison and like her sister Roxy, I think her name was or whatever. Like if you know uh Final Fight, it was like some arcade game back in the day. They brought it to America and uh they specified because Poison and like her sister Roxy were like the only female characters in the game. Mm-hmm. They and you know you beat her up because like she was an enemy. Yeah. So they they made sure to specify that they weren't like really woman finger quotes. Yeah. That they, they were, were like transgendered. Oh wow. Or, like, yeah. And like wow. and it was just because like they were afraid That's of a whole Americans. Different issue. Yeah, because <laughs> oh they were God. afraid and of it Americans up like a whole lot of weird fan art too. Oh, oh God. don't yeah. don't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> but like it was it was just because they wanted to avoid the whole issue of men beating up women, so they substituted it for like a a lower class or like tier or whatever in the yeah. sexual spectrum. It's like oh, they'll yeah. beat up transgenders. Nobody cares. There about are air those. quotes here for the listeners. Definitely yeah, air no. quotes. Yeah. <laughs> no, no hating involved. Yeah, no. I mean, it's it's hard, but I think the article made a good point in saying that um, it's uh, a little more rare these days for, like, the final fight between the antagonist and the protagonist to be this big, bloody uh, knock-em-out uh, fight versus, like, what happened in uh, Into Darkness, where there was uh, physical violence at one point, but most of that was riding on, like... Uh, 
strategy and uh, I have pressed this button that cannot be unpressed kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I feel like in a lot of movies, what they do to kind of like cop out of it is they always have like the sidekick woman and then like she fights one of the other women on the team, like uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, Nebula and Gamora. The only time you yeah. really saw a big fight between and them was like, the two oh. of them. And it, it's, it's had to like be it's two even, women fighting. It's kind of degrading when it's it like. It really is. It feels like a side thing and it's like, oh, it's a cat fight. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I hate that word. It's like. <sighs> No, nah, I'm in a fight. It's like <laughs> it's a fight. It's like a fight between two women isn't a legitimate thing. Like there's not fists being thrown and bloody noses and broken bones. So like the there thing. will be those yeah. things. It was one of the like best fights in the movie. These two there were like going at it. They were like they were like sort of sisters, really fighting, taking each other down. But it just kind of got chalked up like, oh, sisters fighting. They're just two women going at it. It's not the same as like the big fights. Yeah, I like yeah. to hear someone say that to like Ronda Rousey. Like, oh, it's just a cat fight. I, I like, in my um, notes, had Ronda Rousey brought up. I was Ronda like, why? Ronda Rousey? Uh, the, uh, like, not. boxer, boxer, UFC it's, uh, fighter. Uh, what's it called? Um, mixed martial arts. Mixed, super oh, scary. MMA. Like, breaks people's arms. Yeah. She's terrifying. Yeah. Oh, my god, She breaks a lot of arms. <laughs> MMA. So MMA is nuts, but, like... I want to see her in a movie. Yeah. And no, I like talking yeah. about her, too, because she's a nerd. She's, like, super into Pokemon and that gaming awesome. and anime. Yeah. That I think, is nuts. Yeah, I think there was an interview at one point where she was like, yeah, I decided, you know, I always wanted to do, like, training, like, in Dragon Ball Z, but uh, yeah, instead man, I, I had to do, you know, like, mixed martial yeah, arts Yeah, I played training. Mortal Kombat as a kid, and I just, you know, I saw those fatalities, you know, the fatalities, and I was like, yeah, that has to be me. I yeah. also want to rip spines out. I yeah. also. She was my <laughs> number not? one pick when they were like, who do you want as uh, Captain Marvel? I wanted her so badly. <gasps> that she would, would be been amazing. Perfect. Yeah, that and like, so um, cool. part of part of the whole thing is like, in in the whole like man fighting a woman is that like, back me up on this, Matthew. Like I in mean. male sur- social circles, like fighting a woman is a lose lose situation. Yeah, because like, yeah, it is. Yeah, like if you win, it's like oh you beat up a girl, but it's it, you lose, and it's like oh you got beat up by a girl. It's like, it, I. And, yeah, there's no winning. But at the same time, it's like you you want to remove it, so it's like you can you can actually have like conflict between like male and female characters in, yeah. in media, but you don't want to promote like you know uh, marital violence or right. like yeah. anything like serious like that. And as it's someone, a really you guys can't thing. tell, but I'm like super buff. I'm I'm really strong right now. You can't. He can tell. hardly fit in this oh, room yeah. with how many muscles he has. But no, in all actuality, anyone could beat me sure. up, man, woman, anyone could take me. But I agree that I would be more likely to fight a man just because, like, I don't think I could hit a woman. And, like, that sounds bad, but that's just, like, yeah. some old-fashioned view that's been pressed into me. And Like, I don't think I could do it. It's the whole, I couldn't like, fight chivalry. a man either. Yeah. yeah. No. Like, like, Scott Pilgrim, like, his old deal. And, yes, I'm wearing Scott Pilgrim wristbands for hey. those who don't know me. Hey. Like, his, his whole <laughs> gag was, like, he couldn't fight women. So, like, his girlfriend Ramona was, like, holding his wrists and, like, punching <laughs> for him. Yeah. So, like, he was just kind of like a limp doll in her arms. And, like, I, I, I would say that would be, like, kind of a step forward in, yeah. a, in a weird way. See, yeah. I'd say that movie was, like, kind of, like, 
a step in the wrong direction just because he was totally unwilling to fight her. Not only that, but that was the only fight in the movie that didn't really end with, like, knocking her out. It ended into not going into too much detail, like, a weird sexual thing to get rid of her. It was weird. Well, I mean... Technically, that was the only fight to, like, end that way, but, like... That that movie has a lot of quirks. It's about yeah. it. it's a very good movie. It is very an excellent quirky. movie. Edgar Wright is a great director. Yeah. But like, as as like a female villain, um, I'm trying to remember her name. Uh, she was like the the fourth ex. Yeah. She's by furious. She was like a. She, oh, she is very I'm bi furious. That was like her famous line. <laughs> and like, Same. I'm also bi furious. Yes. Yeah. At all times, fight me. But like, um, would you would you guys say she was a good like female villain? She was uh, pretty interesting in that uh, she was. It was kind of like a there and gone thing. Uh, well, it yeah. felt a lot less like the she same buildup that we had a, with uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Chris Evans played him. The other Lucas ex. Lee. Yeah, Lucas yeah, Lee. Yeah, he there was, was the skateboarder. He, yeah, there was well, a lot less of her, and it was kind of just like, okay, here she is. Okay, there she's gone. But I am two hundred percent for representation of uh, bi characters, especially yeah, and the. But in the canonical showing of, like, yeah, we were in a relationship. And then even having, like, Scott uh, react and be like, oh, you guys were, like, you didn't, like, really date. You guys were, like, friends. And it's like, no, we yeah. dated. And they even, I hate the it word was, bi-curious. They thing. erased it by, she was like, I was bi-curious. She couldn't just say bisexual, which is always annoying. But, yeah. but without that line, we wouldn't have gotten bi-furious. <laughs> That's the greatest pun. You know, I think it was worth it. You're You're right. The trade-off that we have <laughs> that to go is, through. It's all about trade-offs, <sighs> man. That's what life is about. You compromise, you know? I mean, and awesome tattoo, bisexual representation, <laughs> weighing the... Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. But, uh, yeah, let's get into some of our uh, favorite uh, female villains in general. Ooh, I so, have a tale to tell. Okay. But um, Matthew, what is your favorite female villain? Are we going femme fatale or just straight up villain at this point? Oh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's define that first. So femme fatale, uh, if our dear listeners don't know, femme fatales are uh, like female characters that they're sexy and they know it. Mm-hmm. And they're going yeah. to use that a a sex what was it a sexual character and not a sexualized character. Yeah, yeah. She she knows she's got it and she knows that you want it and she's going to use that to her advantage. Um, whether that's in a necessarily nefarious way, uh, sometimes that really just depends on the narrative. Well, um, yeah. And it, it didn't it, didn't it originally come from like you know the old film noir like detective like hard boiled. Yeah, movies? where she like she walks in like an autumn breeze. Yeah, and- like. <laughs> And that, that's where the whole phrase came from, like femme fatale, like it's, I don't want to say Latin, but like it, it translates it to something liter- loosely, no, like no, yeah, it literally uh, a woman means to die like, for. Yeah, yeah, a woman to die for. I would die for all women. I just want to die. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, no, Matthew, no. Uh, that, facts. that took a, like, just right <laughs> hand At first turn she thought I was being nice, but nowhere. then it turned out, no. Dang, dang. But I really liked um, the TV Tropes quote for Femtel. Uh, it yeah. says, first she turns you on, and then she turns on you. And I just really like that. Oh, TV Tropes. But, um, <laughs> Love it. Yeah, really. But I also should note that as awesome as it is for a woman to be sexual and use that to her favor instead of a woman uh, being sexualized, like we've said, 
Um, they shouldn't always have to be sexual. Yeah, sometimes femme fatales uh, are kind of like a thinly veiled critique of female power and or sexuality. It's kind of like, no, you shouldn't be doing that. P- women who act sexually are bad, that kind of thing. Yeah. Which, well, yeah, yeah, but like on on the other hand, it's <laughs> well, more yeah. it's 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 more female villains, and like the 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 way that I kind of see it is like more representation as long as it's not like horrible representation is better, at least to an extent. Like it, it it's like um, I uh, I've been reading a book called Race After the Internet for uh, one of my classes, and like. They noted how um, in, like, a lot of media practices, like television and uh, radio and, like, internet and all these things, they didn't have a proportional, like, um, demographic percentage to, like, the actual audience or, like, to even the actual population. Okay. And, um, like, kind of to wrap it all with, like, the whole more women in media, like, woman... I know they aren't represented in media like men are. Like, no. there's no, no. way. <laughs> so just even and unless it's so bad that it's like parallel to like blackface of like vaudeville days, yeah, where it's like so offensive that it's not even remotely close. Like I would say more women, in, more women in media. Yeah, no I matter mean, least, whether they're femme fatales, villains, or as, as long as they're not box. all the same thing. Yeah, because yeah. that would just get annoying. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. But so our fave femme fatales, we've already mentioned one, Harley Quinn. Yes. yes. Um, yes. I also put on the list Catwoman for sure. Um, well, I yeah. mean, I wouldn't even say she's necessarily a villain oh, either. She totally is. Yeah, well, she's like, well, like she's definitely she's femme fatale. Like, bad in finger quotes, but like I, I wouldn't say she's like a villain because like sometimes she, she's kind of ambivalent to the whole like Batman and evil thing. Yeah, she's very much on her own. Yeah, yeah. She, she robs a bank which because is she like, needs the money. Which is also a good definition of femme fatales in general. They're, they're. Serving their own means, yeah. typically, rather than someone else's or yeah. uh, a general grandiose idea of, like, I want, like, the Joker, like, I want to cause chaos. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, I don't want money. I want to feed my cats. <laughs> like, well, yeah, and, like, like um, <laughs> go ahead. Well, on the uh, Catwoman topic, my favorite femme fatale is actually Black Cat from Marvel, which a ton <gasps> yes. of people say is just a ripoff of Catwoman. I see where they're coming from, but Felicia Hardy, in my opinion... Is she is like Catwoman, but she's more evil. She's more of just a straight up villain. She she's also kind of more evil. Yeah, she also kind wow. of has a relationship with Peter Parker, but like she's just so like I'm gonna get this done. And when her sexuality doesn't like get what she needs, she is just as capable of just like beating Spider Man down and getting what she wants done. And I love her. And like um, Catwoman, I always thought had like kind of a a reasonably complex character, cause like um, there was a ah, it just sticks out in my mind. There was a really good quote from uh, it was Batman Year One. It was like kind of a reboot back in the eighties of like Batman when he was like first coming around. Yeah. But like this time, it's this time. This time and, it's personal. Yeah, this time it's like, you know, it was a reboot of like, you know, the whole Batman origin story. And there was a scene where Catwoman was like a dominatrix. And oh. like, oh. yeah, and like. Um, She'd do good at that. She's yeah. good at whips. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean. And I that pay was, good money. 
I mean, but like <laughs> what, one of the one of the quotes was like, um, I don't remember what like question was asked, but it was like something along the lines of like, why don't you like men or like, why do you treat men this way? And she she just like responded really like sadly, like because I never met a real one. Oh. And like that added like a load of like oh. anger and like pain and like yeah. you like feel it and it's like oh man like she has some damage. Yeah. She's right though. Never gonna meet I mean, one. I wish I was a real man. Well yeah, and that was <laughs> that that kind of set her up for Batman cuz Batman is supposed to be like Batman. No, he has too many issues. Honestly. Has, well, I mean, he has too many dead parents. Too many dead I was gonna say any dead parent is too dead. many good dead parents <laughs> yeah, daily. That's true. <laughs> I definitely agree with it there, but I do believe uh, that femme fatales can be more than just the two dimensional characters where they're well, just yeah, absolutely yeah yeah. I uh, I didn't really think of it, but um, another femme fatale that I really like is uh, Lust from Full Metal Alchemist. I don't know if either of you are familiar. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. she's Lust. Literally, she's the embodiment of the deadly sin. Well, yeah, and I I do think it is a little sexist that she was a woman. I mean, I've, I like I, I understand I, it, but like I did have some kind of conversation. I don't know whether it was uh, podcasted or not, but of being like, for once, I want like lust to be embodied as just like a, a really, really gorgeous man, just a Ryan Gosling, just a beefcake. <gasps> yeah, Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Gosling as lust. lust should be a beefcake. Yes, oh, beefcake yeah. twenty sixteen, <laughs> or like uh, a K-pop guy, a K-pop guy, a K-pop guy. I mean, I don't. No, I'm not familiar with. No, no. like, and no, I'm I'm barely okay. familiar with Full Metal Alchemist. For those of like, should we explain it to the what like who Lust is as a character? Well, like, literally because like not body, everyone. Yeah. Well, yeah, like the whole the whole point behind. I got it pretty on the nose. Yeah, Lust. The, the whole <laughs> point behind Full Metal Alchemist was that like they had these creations that were like, uh, help me out, little daily. Like they they were they were kind of like. The seven deadly sins. Yeah, so in like human like, form. Yeah, but not really. There's the imbalance in the law of uh, equivalent exchange, which is just the overarching theme of the whole I, series. I only got to like the start of season three, and I was like, well, yeah. I I'm not just I'm watch not Brotherhood. Guy. Just watch Brotherhood. I did watch Brotherhood. Okay, okay, good. And good. I'm just I'm it's the better. Full disclosure, I'm not much of an anime guy. I've tried it and like Gasp. I don't have anything <laughs> against anyone who likes it. If you like it, good for you. Awesome. Like keep go going. listen to the Anime A Team podcast here yes. at fightbsu.com. But plug. It's not for me. And yeah. that's I've come to accept that. Yeah. But no, kind of back to what you said about like yeah, we got a little off topic about femme fatales being just kind of like uh, it's better to have them represented that way. I feel like a problem that comes into it is their sexuality. Just like like we were talking about earlier, they become sexualized characters more than yeah, yeah. For me, um, the Flash TV show. Those of you who don't know, I love the Flash more than life itself. He's he's everything to me, but. on the TV show, uh, Caitlin Snow became Killer Frost in like an Earth Two weird parallel universe thing. But her character went from like she's like this strong, smart scientist to she's a sexy girl with ice powers who's mostly sexy, and that's what we're gonna emphasize on. Mostly sexy. Yeah. <laughs> I would say it kind of she lost her character and more or less became like 
look how sexy and dangerous I am, but once again, mostly sexy. Yeah, that's yeah. one of my least favorite tropes is when we have the makeover and they lose yeah, all their character they, traits they, they, they had before the makeover. They become another, like, type of woman. Yeah. Like, in Wind Waker, like, Princess Zelda was this, like, you know, this awesome pirate who, like... She just doesn't care, and she's, like, you know, a captain of a pirate ship. But as soon as she learns, like, she's Princess Zelda, it's like, well, she's Princess Zelda now. Yep. Whoa, that is the, the entire extent of her Zelda. character. That's my girl. I That's love girl. Zelda. I, I, will, I will shut my mouth right now. <laughs> the but I, I don't hate Zelda. Tetra is a little more badass than Zelda. I'll give so, it Tetra is an all-around pretty good. But, like, in terms of, should I say, like, my, my favorite female villain... Yeah, let's get into just favorite female villains in general versus when they are femme fatale, which is Ooh. very popular. But we get some really interesting female villains when they step outside of I'm sexual and I'm going to use that to my advantage. I, I have your favy and I have a doozy for you both. A doozy. So have either of you heard of the comic book Invincible? Yes. No personally. Oh my god, I love oh, Invincible. No. It is thank you for I'm glad someone here has because it's like it's it's like the image version of like the Marvel and DC universes and image is like a new well not like new but they're they're like a third party comic company and like did you want to like lay the ground or uh, no you like, go do for you know? it well like um so I don't want to there's like a lot of twists and it's written by the same guy who does uh, The Walking Dead, Robert Kirkman. Oh, OK. Yeah. And I, I do think I've heard of this then. He's a yeah. fantastic comic book writer. He's amazing. And like the, the whole premise is kind of like not only like is it a comic book for comic book fans that like embraces the. Oh, OK. The table. OK. It Small embraces the nerdiness <laughs> of the whole thing. But like. He writes really good stories that, like, go in depth to the characters. Like, the, the female characters are amazing in that book, I feel. Like, um, the the girlfriend, like, the romantic companion of, like... Because the main character is, like, the superhero, like, Superman, sort of. Like, he yeah. can fly. Like, he, general powers. Yeah, yeah, you know, the, the standard suite of superpowers, as weird as that sounds. <laughs> but, like... Standard. Comes standard. She's she's a really complex character. Like, there there was a moment where, uh, like, the, the main character, whose name is Mark, we'll just refer to him as Mark from now on, because I don't want to ca- keep calling him main character... Um, he was like trapped in an alternate dimension for like a year or two. Okay. And like as, he, you are. as, as it happens. Well, yeah. like time it's it's this whole weird time thing and like, you know, comic books. Yeah. Yep. Definitely a comic he, books thing. <laughs> he came back and his girlfriend had like gotten depressed and like started eating and like she she had gotten a lot of weight and like it was really awesome to see that like he didn't just love her for her body, but like he actually like cared for her and like they they had a really good relationship that's really great because yeah. that's another thing you never really see it's only the opposite way in which uh women change physically it's like they're like yeah. the makeover trope and if they do it's like wind oh up, you're unattractive yeah now. and then if they're like yeah ugh. gaining weight or like something like that happens it usually is happening to like a villain character yeah. or being like that's what you get Whereas, like, it's like, this is just a thing that happens because yeah, human bodies. Trying to think. I can't think of a female character that, like, ever gained weight in, like, comics or movies or anything, really. Yeah. No, yeah. Invincible is a great comic. And that, like, kind of, if you really think about it, like, 
female characters are never like mildly attractive or like kind of like I, I don't want to say like they a look five like a, they look like a person, but like well, no, who doesn't put like an entire team of makeup artists on their face. They're either like <laughs> super like drop dead sexy or they're just like ugly, like. You know, like in Snow White, there was the old witch who was like, you know, this old granny who like had a wart on her nose and she yeah. was hideous. And like, like female villains don't really have a good representation of normal looking people. Yeah. Yeah. It's we get either the old crones that are offering uh, poisoned apples or uh, like they're beautiful, but in a, like a really ostentatious way to the point that yeah. we don't like them. Like yeah. the evil queen in Snow White or... Uh, uh, the Queen of Hearts in Alice in Wonderland, um, which they don't, they're not nice with how she looks in either the original animation yeah, or, or the uh, new one the where she's Tim got Burton. A, a head the size of where she's Helena Bottom Carter. No, I imagine that giant heads, man. That's that's my thing. That's your thing. Oh yeah, dang yes. Big head mode <laughs> activated. It's like the old like Madden 05 <laughs> cheats or whatever. But like. I got way off talk yeah, yeah, from, yeah. from my favorite female villain, who is so Mark, main character, came from like this, you know, planet full of superheroes. Long story short, like all of them died, except for like a couple dozen of them. They came to Earth, and Mark is like a human alien hybrid. So basically, they came to Earth. They're like here now. They're like trying to mingle in with humans, and like they can re they can repopulate their race amongst humans. Yeah. And part of the whole dealio was like uh, the leader of the aliens was basically saying like, go out into the humans and like have a family, raise children, like you know, bring more aliens into the spawn. This world. <laughs> have and kids. I want grandkids. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, well cuz there there were only like two dozen of them left and yeah. they needed to like, you know, but like one specific female was she did not want anything to do with humans. But like she we're under gross. I understand. Oh. Yeah, but like I don't either. She she understood the the importance of like the survival of her race. So instead of, like, chasing down the humans and, like, she couldn't overpower any other member of her kind, like, just anyone who was left, she couldn't overpower them. Yeah. So, like, Mark, this half-human, half-alien, like, hybrid, wasn't as strong. So, like, she basically beat the living crap out of him and then raped him. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It gets, I mean, there are I mean, some, it is, this there's is Robert some Kirkman. real talk this is, in there. This is, yeah. And, like, yeah, it was... Yeah, for true evil, that's definitely it. Yeah. Well, like, and the thing is, like, I, I don't want to say, like, I understand her, but at the same time, like, she she just, she, it wasn't a sexual thing for her at all. Yeah. She literally just beat him up and then used him. Yeah. And it was, it was just... And I mean... Scary. Rape isn't a sexual thing at all either. It's about no. violence. So yeah, no. Yeah, like he just like there. There's a lot of gore in that comic, and like that wasn't the goriest scene, but that would be the most like traumatizing scene. Yeah, no, that that's that's definitely. I'm gonna definitely remember like, this particular well, rape villain. Of any kind. Yeah. is just horrible. But like, in Invincible breaks a lot of barriers, and that's like. Taking male rape seriously yeah. was one of the things that it breached, and I have a lot of respect for Robert Kirkman for doing that. Yeah, Absolutely. Robert Kirkman is just fantastic. Oh, he's, he's amazing. He's just great. He's amazing. But, but like, if you, like, um, the other thing was, like, what was it, like, 
I don't want to say like gay villains, but like. Well, just real quick on the yeah. favorite. Well, yeah, villains. if you want to yeah, go yeah, ahead, yeah. 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 Uh, my favorite actually is one of the best films of all time. Does not get enough love. Is Dolores Umbridge from <gasps> Harry Potter? Oh, oh my god! Oh, I almost she, forgot about Bellatrix she, Lestrange. Oh, dude. she's great too. Yeah. She's so very, I'd say villains. she's femme fatale, but anyways, Dolores Umbridge is great. She is smart. She's manipulative, I and hate she does her. all of that. Oh, you love to. She's everyone hates worst. her, yes. and that's why I hated her more she than is, Voldemort. She's yeah. the worst. But Literally. she did it all without. I kind of prefer a female villain who doesn't use their sexuality, and she definitely never did. She was just this like cute old lady who's very unsuspecting, and then was pure evil and was doing whatever it took to get ahead. Like, yeah. she manipulated in other ways by like giving the Slytherin students, making them perfect. Like, that she was manipulated. Like, it was in the part of the ways. facade. Is yeah. that like right. she had the kitten photos on her yes. wall, and it's like, oh, this cute old woman. She yeah. can't. No, be I think evil. that was part of her though. Is that yeah. she did like pink and cute things yeah. and like the she didn't give plates. up her femininity uh, yeah yeah femininity. Fem- you femi- know guys femininity. welcome to the podcast welcome matt the podcast. she was very feminine is what i was going for yeah. kids yeah but in the ahem, gosh yeah and like yeah. the, the kind of like matronly like hitting your hand with her ruler sort yeah. of way scarring your but, hand scarring your but hand. yeah with evil <laughs> yeah no she is definitely oh, like the in the halls of one of the most remembered villains and like I feel like a lot of Harry Potter fans definitely say they'd rather deal with Voldemort than Dolores Umbridge oh, totally. any, oh, day. Yeah. any day any day any you, day you know week, what dude. he's after right away the fact you don't that she know didn't she die is. was just everyone was like really that's that's what we're come getting on. and like come on to an extent I would almost like rather deal with Bellatrix than Dolores but like yeah. the, the whole deal with Bellatrix was that like she was insane. Yeah, crazy. Like, she is was almost a psychopath. A more known entity than uh, whatever Dolores is wanting. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I and I, I think that. it's I think it's great that Harry Potter had like both types of villains or like female villains. Yeah, where one yeah. was like not sexualized at all, and the other one was like a little sexual. I I don't I don't think I don't sexuality really, was a big part of her character. Not really. Not I really. didn't feel yeah. Yeah. She kind of had a thing but for like, Voldemort better than that. She definitely had a thing for Voldemort, well, but that was I mean, that was kind of part of her like psychosis. Yeah, you have to Voldemort be crazy to be into no that. Soul. Or nose. Or nose. <laughs> also very important. When he was Tom Riddle, like you could see it when he was like Tom Riddle. It was still attractive yeah. enough. You're like, yeah. yeah. Tom Riddle. Yep, I agree. But uh, my favorite female villain, um, so I am still, like, it was probably two years ago I watched this movie, um, and I'm still reeling from it. Amy from Gone Girl. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That, I, didn't, oh my I never gosh. thought of her as a villain, but, yeah, yeah. she definitely is. I've, I've not seen the movie. Oh, so it's, it's, it's a wild ride. Gone Girl will Go change it. your life, first of all, and will make you question everything, and will give you a really weird opinion of uh, Ben Affleck in general. But <laughs> I mean, uh, a- after Batman v Superman, I don't think there's anything that cannot give me a weird right, opinion of bad, right? Ben Affleck but, or so, Sadfleck. It's like the epitome of like white Sad people Affleck. be crazy. Like. Literally, literally. So... Uh, Amy and, oh gosh, what's his name? Ben Affleck's character. So I don't call him Ben Affleck the whole time. Uh, Nick. So Amy and Nick, they're your average couple, married couple. They, uh, had this wonderful love affair and, uh, she's famous because she, uh, is the star in these children's books about like 
Amy does whatever and that her parents wrote and that she was like the inspiration for. Um, she doesn't really like that legacy, but that's not a really huge part of her character. Well, even even though she would be like a good ro- a good role model for like growing girls. Like... Yeah, but then it, then it changes. <laughs> yeah, it changes a lot. So she is amazingly smart. I think she has like two degrees from Yale and they slip from being like that New York couple that's like writing for magazines and being like really metropolitan amazing to living in rural Missouri in a really Ooh. nice house. But uh, she's Ooh, obviously Missouri. not very content no with her life there with Nick. And uh, at some point she starts kind of contemplating uh, maybe I should leave him. And then that turns into, maybe I should kill myself. Yep. But um, she's, that's, yeah. That's a bit of a leap, but... But that's not the weirdest part. Instead, she takes uh, the obvious middle route in being like, I'm going to make it look like Nick murdered me, disappear, and have him put away because he made my life from this wonderful thing to this mediocre thing. Um, and she does so... In such an amazing, twisted, brilliant, horrifying way. Again, she's that so is, smart. Like yeah, she is. It's the. It's literally the perfect plan. Yeah. that is almost inspiring it's, in how devious like, it is. Like, I, like she writes an entire diary of fake entries about her life with Nick and how it slowly descends from being, you know, the wonderful honeymooning couple. Even though it's, like, to, perfectly fine? Even though it's fine. Everything's just... Oh, my It's gosh. just a little boring for her. It's just boring for her. It's just mediocre. They have arguments, but they Man. certainly don't have, like, today Nick hit me, and now I'm starting to really fear him. And I'm like... And, like, the last entry in the diary still gives me chills, and it's like... Uh, I'm, I've become afraid of this man of mine, like, this man of mine might kill me. And then she disappears. Oh, my God! But this is all her setting it up. That is evil! Yeah, and... That is... That is yeah. devious. And then the twist is is that she also winds up ruining someone else's life through doing this. And not you just ruining it, but literally killing them. <laughs> so this is not a spoiler-free podcast. This is the scene that everyone still talks about of... Her slitting Neil Patrick Harris's throat. Um, it was sad. I was like, oh, yay, Neil Patrick Harris is here. And I was like, oh, poor guy. But just the way <laughs> I've she's... not seen this movie daily. You, oh, to. you gotta see it. You gotta see oh. it. It's amazing. It's, but It's been um, ruined forever. No. <laughs> now it's... I know the sexiest man alive has died. <laughs> really? Neil Patrick Harris? I, I mean, he's, he's very mm-hmm. attractive. Fair mm-hmm. enough. I don't know if I would say sexiest, but I mean, he's got it going on. Yeah, his role was very interesting in the movie, too, but. Hugely recommend. Um, it's it will just sit with you for years, as it has with me. Yeah, um, I shouldn't see and this. Definitely, a, <laughs> if it's gonna sit with me for years, definitely a complex female villain, like for sure. Yeah, especially because, like, as much as I say, like, she did this because she was bored. It's never like outright said why she did all this. It's she just, just wants to, I guess. She just I wants mean, to, and she's yeah. able to. And uh, yeah, sorry again, Ian. Spoiler alert: in the end, she's. Back in the house, in the mediocre house with her mediocre husband, and they're still married. And well, it serves her right. No, no, no offense, she, that's where she wants to I'll be. Say it works Wait, out great what? for her, yeah. Like, she just shows up and she's like, You're gonna love me again. We're um, gonna have even our though life he's back. aware of everything that she's done. Um, and and because he is also a very complex character, and maybe he likes being manipulated like this yeah. a little bit, is what I we're am, left with. I am bewildered. It's a great movie. 
It's but, a really great. Movie. But you you brought up Neil Patrick Harris, who, funnily enough, is gay, but he plays like so many like quote unquote womanizer characters. Yeah, or yeah, like lady which has killers. always been uh, interesting. Which um, which kind of revolves around like the whole like gay villains. Yeah, which. I'm really interested in seeing how he's going to portray uh, Count Olaf in the uh, Series of Unfortunate Events yeah. uh, series that's coming oh, are to they Netflix. doing a reboot for that? Yeah, and Neil Patrick Harris is Count Olaf. this one will be better because <laughs> yeah. it'll be a series and they won't cram three books into a movie. I mean, be I didn't, much better. I didn't think Jim Carrey did that bad of a job no, with his No, Jim character. Carrey was fine. Jim Carrey was, was the just, only good thing in that it movie. It was just the movie itself. Yeah, and I liked the book so much. We all did. Yeah. But good but segue. Like, Good segue. So uh, oftentimes what we see, especially if we look back at, like, the Disney renaissance, um, is that characters are uh, represented, if they're male, as being, like, I think the article specifically said, like, sissy and swishy Mm -hmm. and, like, very Yeah, like, feminine. Yeah. Like, uh, what was the quote? Uh, Uh... Essentially, gay characters, but uh, but if by gay you mean mincing, sibilant, underhanded villains with a penchant for extravagant ha- hats, there have been so many hats to choose from. Yeah, and capes, really. capes especially. I'll point out too. <laughs> like that was that was kind of the thing is that they were Who like doesn't love a good cape. True. Yes, no capes. <laughs> Incredible. Thank you, Edna. Yeah. <laughs> From the Incredibles, who talked yeah. about all the horrible, horrible d- decisions that were involved making a cape, but yeah, those but were like, for heroes. Those is for villains. But like, um, I guess a lot of the the Disney villains, like I was thinking, I was I was reading that article was like they they were never like obviously like blatantly stated as gay, right? It was, but just yet like it was like the there were stereotype like, idea, yeah, the stereotypes yeah. that were like leading to making you think that like they were gay. Scar from Lion King was always he like, was like uh, picking his, his nails were and very yeah. pronounced, uh, yeah, and he never uh, mar- lion married mated whatever you want to say. Um, he's a very oh, dark horse. It's yeah. PG, so it wouldn't be. Mated. You never see these villains with a female counterpart unless they're kind of like a lackey like you even see that with like magneto in uh the x-men uh earlier movies especially because he's got a cape if you're (laughs) talking about mystique that's kind of a they have a really weird relationship yeah in the movies i felt like though like x2 and like the uh the 90s films it always felt like she was like he he was like her sassy gay friend. It did. It did feel like that. Like there was really? even like a quote yeah. where like they were like giggling together and like Rogue was like in the Blackbird and it was like, We love what you've done <laughs> yes. with your hair. Oh my god. Like just I yeah. never like put that together. Oh, yeah. Let the realization it's, wash over you. It's even stranger because like um a lot of people have said that uh the plot to like the third like X Men movie, it was like we stand together. What was the tagline? Oh yeah, it's like it was like curing, uh, curing yeah. the mutations was kind of like a metaphor for like for, for curing gay kids because there yeah. was a lot, a lot of lines like you're fine the way you're born. They can't cure you. It's not a disease. This is just the way we are. There's like a lot of lines and yeah. symbolism for yeah. And it's been outright stated by uh, Marvel at by, certain points that it's like yeah, this it is wasn't, totally supposed to be the parallel that you're getting out of this. It wasn't, Brian and that's not just for the Singer, movies. That's for but, all X Men comics. Yeah. Like they've done that. For a while. Yeah. I think it was actually like Stanley. Like, was, was it like, Stanley? Yes. yes. Hot dang. Yeah. Go if that him. was good for him. Go him. Go him. He's great. Back on the Disney villain thing, I think a 
kind of a big problem is a lot of times it is children's movies that this happens in. Like, Disney's, like, done it for a really long time. And I think it kind of goes back to, like, teaching kids gender norms. Like, the bad people are, like, very flamboyant. And this is how you shouldn't act. But here's your good, beautiful, masculine prince who's going to stop the gay-looking man. Yeah, and, like, that was was a lot of, like, Disney's sort of feel is that, like, they, they never really defy gender norms. Yeah. Like, even in, even in like, Kingdom Hearts, like, uh, Sora, uh, Kingdom Hearts is such a guilty pleasure for me because I, I dislike the story quite a bit. But, like, the three main characters, Sora, Kairi, and Riku, like, Sora and Riku, like, always fight. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just swinging around swords like it's nobody's business. Kairi doesn't fight, like, at all. Yeah. She only fights, like, twice in the entire series so guys, far. Guys, stop it. Yeah, Let's she's, all be like, friends. she's such a, she's such, like... Not a wimpy character, but like she, yeah, but she's passive. women being the mediator between like we see that with like Naruto or any of those like oh Naruto tri- yeah Naruto Sakura okay that's a whole nother podcast though <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast but so Things yeah you like you said up. though Matthew definitely there's um, sinisterness in uh, Disney or just uh, animation in general presenting these uh, effeminate male characters as being like. This is bad. This is what you don't want to aim for. Don't be like this. Which isn't to say there can't be, like, a gay villain. Yeah, Like, I want to see a gay villain, but I don't want to see that gay villain. Like, you know? Where where it goes to the point of equating queerness to evilness. Yeah. Especially my biggest issue is it's never stated. Like, even in the Bond movies, like, when, like, he's, like, very flamboyant and, like, he's, like, making hints at Bond, he's never stated as a gay character. And a lot of times, like... They just use like the supposed gayness to make people uncomfortable. It's, it's like a shorthand for yeah. like yeah. this is bad. Yeah. So you're just kind of making people uncomfortable with it, and that's just making like queer characters look bad in general. Well, like because the the whole deal was uh, it was James Bond, and like he wasn't strapped to a chair, but he was like sitting down, and like you know the the classic he had guns Bond on him. Villain. Yeah, yeah, um, like he he was like trying to ask Bond questions to sort of see what he knew. And like he got in real close and like like touched made, his thighs, like made past some the danger zone, non consensual <laughs> contact. Yeah, with Mr. Bond. Yeah. Um. And there's like two arguments with that scene. In one of them is like by people who more really support the film. They're saying that it's a wink at uh the Bond movies now more diverse audience. It's not just like the good old boys watching James Bond. It's like, Mm. there's a lot of people watching this and it's a lot more diverse world. I mean, the world has always been diverse, but now we're accepting that it's a much more diverse world. And like, like like part of it would have been that like, he was just trying to make Bond like, uncomfortable yeah but he but took Bond, it in stride he, he was, was like, just stone-faced james didn't over he there. wink at one point i think during that scene he was like oh well, i feel like he, did, he said something wrong. that would very much allude to i'd be okay with sexual content uh contact with another man uh yeah. and again that's like what you said matthew is like was that put in there to be james like the wink to Bond. the more diverse audience or was that just to make people uncomfortable yeah. Which is kind of what I lean to, it, well, especially I, if we didn't have that reaction from Bond. I, I don't think it was to make people uncomfortable. I think it was just to make Bond uncomfortable. Yeah, but, but then again, but like we're that, the sympathizing with Bond. Have, say, yeah, we're sympathize with Bond. In yeah, his that is a good point. Yeah, and we're like, yeah, so we wouldn't want that to happen to us. I mean, obviously, you don't want to be in a situation where a villain has you. Uh, 
strapped to any kind of device, but well, it's well, you especially... don't want to be you don't want to be put in a, into a situation where anyone is like rubbing their hands on your thighs and you're not very close yeah. to them. But we wouldn't question it near as much as if we had a female Bond villain in that situation, and it's like, yeah, of course she's gonna. I say we would just assume like, oh, of business. course it's Bond. Who wouldn't touch him? But then again, a man does it, and now it's like, oh, this is just weird. He's yeah, so it became it, it became an iconic scene because of that. Like, Whereas right. we would have yeah. just dim- dismissed it instantly otherwise. And that's that's part of like kind of I I don't want to I don't want to outright like say it's homophobia in media, but like I I don't really know what else to call it. Where it's, it's like homophobia in media. It's it's homophobia. Yeah, like it media. is, but like. <laughs> If if like something quote unquote gay happens, that's what makes it weird. Like if it, if it's two people of opposite genders, that it's like, oh, you know, like that's that's okay. But like if if it's you know yeah. anything gay, it's weird. Yeah, and, and it's like, it's when anything gay happens, and it's represented in a way that it's like that's the punchline, or that's something that's oh, weird yeah. happening versus like. Yeah, uh, my neighbors are married, and like you see him kiss his partner every day before they go off to work, and that's just in the periphery, and it's just accepted versus like let's that point this so out. Romantic, Look at though. that! Look at that! Oh my gosh! See, that's, isn't that crazy? Had the Bond villain had they been like somewhere in like the beginning of the movie, be like, oh yeah, he's gay, and like that just was like kind of an offhand thing, and then he never touched Bond. That would have been good to me because it would have been a gay villain who was not well, like, doing gay things to be villainous. Counter counter question. Like, it's never stated in the movie whether he's gay or not. And, like, you know, whatever he can be, he can't be. Like, if it was stated in the movie that he was gay, like, somehow, yeah. would that have, like, kind of excused it? No, because, again, not I think he wasn't doing a homosexual thing to, like, as a sexual reason. He was doing it to make people uncomfortable and to be villainous. And so if characters are gay because they're gay, that's fine. But using homosexuality as a villainous thing is just bad representation. Yep. Yeah, I can buy that argument. I feel it. So we also see the same kind of uh, thing as we do with Silva, that particular Bond villain, as we do with uh, the Moriarty to Sherlock Holmes' Sherlock. Now, I've not seen the modern, like, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, no. So I'm... Okay. Well, so the modern uh, Moriarty is played by uh, Andrew Scott, who plays him wonderfully but plays him super camp pretty camp uh they're like the first time that we're ever introduced to him it's like uh very sing-song and like he's like this weird like squeaky little man it's just odd well like would you compare him would you compare him to like uh the betrayal of um Oh, Lex Luthor in Batman vs. Superman? No. no. It's it's much more camp. It's like at one point, like, Sherlock grabs him and then he has to let him go and he's like, Westwood? Like, like Westwood is a type of suit yeah. you can get. Um, and he's, he's like kind of effeminate about it or he's like, yeah. dude. Yeah, like when like, he first like don't announces touch my Gucci himself, purse. I can't remember like exactly what he says, but it's very like, hello. Like kind yeah. of, yeah. And then there's at, later on in the series... There's a line, and it's a really great line uh, when they're talking about what they're talking about, but it's like, uh, the man with the key is king, and honey, you should see me in a crown. Um, yeah. I will say, that... there, there's also a scene where he, like, breaks into, like, the Museum of London, and he's, like, sitting there with, like, again, a cape on and, like, the crown on his head, like, The crown jewels. I where say, he's, sprawled like... out, ag- uh, like, against, a, like, a chair, just, like, very flamboyantly. Where he's, he's like, too fabulous- 
Yeah, I guess. he's he's fabulous. Is a really great <laughs> word for this word. Uh, Moriarty for sure. Okay, um, but I mean, definitely the BBC version of Sherlock Holmes is a lot more progressive in how much it acknowledges like that. It's like, oh, so you you and uh, Watson, you guys are definitely dating, right? Because like bachelors living together and they do everything together and they're so dedicated to each other i've read the fan fiction guys oh but, god um, i've wrote the fan fiction so guys much yeah, of that. i feel it i feel it but uh it's interesting to see that portrayal of moriarty and the actor andrew scott has said like yes moriarty is a gay character but that's not necessarily the whole of who mm. he that's is part of who he is it's that's part not of who him. he is yeah and like would you guys say that Lex Luthor in Batman versus Superman was he like kind of leaning towards gay? Do you think? Oh, or like I didn't get that. I just got weird. I got weird. Yeah, like and like I really liked the portrayal of Lex Luthor because like he was very sassy. I guess. Yeah, he just reminded and, me like, of uh, not. Like, because I always get them. Wait, are they the same person? Like I said, I always get them. Played confused. by Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. He's just reminded me of Jesse Eisenberg, like I in any why. other role, like uh, Mark Zuckerberg in uh, uh, the Facebook movie, The Social Network. Yeah, yeah Social um, Network. Yeah. It just kind of reminded me of that uh, kind of uh, genius savant. Yeah, where like he eccentric. doesn't. To eccentric. me, it's like the weird, like homeschool kid who doesn't really know how to talk to you, but for some reason, he's like really smart. Like, yeah. it's so like kind of that. What What would you say is like a a bad portrayal of like gay characters as villains? Uh, most Disney movies. Most Disney. Well, movies. No, no, I'm I'm more saying like, what is it that makes like Moriarty like a bad gay guy versus Lex Luthor, who's like eccentric but like doesn't seem gay? Moriarty, like I was talking about earlier. He's like a gay character, and it's kind of like they've stated it outright, and in the show it's kind of obvious just by the way he acts. Not to push stereotypes on things, but just the way he acts, it's kind of obvious. But he never, when he's being villainous, he's doing evil things that aren't gay. He's just like setting up bombs in places and getting old ladies shot because uh, Sherlock didn't solve something fast enough, and he's just being outright evil without being gay about it. And so like his homosexuality is a thing, but it's not what's making him evil. Yeah. Whereas, like, in the Disney Renaissance, like, when uh, Scar is, like, plotting, he's very much, like, being that campy character. And he's, like, picking yeah. at his claws. There's a lot of, and, like... And uh, he, he's not doing a whole lot except for being, quote-unquote, villainous. And <laughs> in doing that, being very and embracing vamp and a lot syllabant. of, like, homosexual stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. And, but Same like, with, like, Shere Khan. Well, I was, I was, Book. I was more asking, like, what is it that like defines, like, what you would see as like a bad gay character versus like, like, mm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to even think of so, how to phrase this. So, like, like presenting... Lex Luthor is not a gay character; he's more eccentric. Versus Moriarty, who is like a gay character who acts gay. Like, what would you say is the difference between just eccentric and gay? And like as as yeah, the media no, has portrayed, them. no, it's hard. It's there's very certain actions that are just coded, and it's it's, it, it it's is hard pushing to stereotypes. Like put but that's words. just how human nature works: is that we recognize things, and we're like, that goes into this box in right. my mind, and this thing happens to go in the gay box in my mind. Yeah, and um, like there there are so many stereotypes, but like even like last year, like I I learned like. 
There were there weren't a lot of gay people in my high school or like you know anyone who was because you know it was it was it's the Midwest. And, they were you know, there, trust me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were there. I know now. But Maybe like, they didn't they... even know they were there yet. Well, <laughs> that was yeah. me. But like and here I am. Last year, like. <laughs> I was just we like we had this group of friends and then like about halfway through the year I found out like one of them was gay and I was like I kind of smacked myself in the head I was like I didn't even notice <laughs> like yeah, the, yeah. It, I I think I know what you're getting at because so, I wasn't as open minded as I am now yeah. no I think in general what we want to see from characters is that uh, they're not defined by their being gay they're but not they that's not their gay. character but they can be it can be they can definitely like go even along with stereotypes that's just a part of their character but that's not all of it say, it can show but it doesn't have like, to dominate whereas like with like in the Disney Renaissance, like Governor Radcliffe or Jafar, even even though he was after Jasmine, he was still very vamp mm-hmm. and very camp. That was their whole thing. That was how they acted was their whole character. Yeah. Um, and how they acted was stereotypically gay, quote unquote. And like to if if I were to like kind of wrap this back into the whole like gender swapping thing, like is being gay part of a character? Can like can you make a straight character gay and would it change that character? It would make him bi. Hey. <laughs> well, well, no, I'm saying like if you just made it like someone who is attracted to the opposite gender and then boom, like all of a sudden they're just only attracted to you know their own gender as is the definition of like you know. I don't. Yeah, like, I don't. Would think that it, change them? I don't think it should change them. I do think that it's important to show how society reacts to that in order to highlight issues like that. And gay like how face. how they respond to stereotypes thrust upon. Well, them. an example of that actually is John Constantine, who is a really great. There was a short TV show yes. that was good, but like really great comic book character. He was actually like in the comics. Portrayed as straight, like completely for a really long time, and then just all of a sudden they made him bisexual, and it wasn't really like a huge change to his character, other than the fact that he was always kind of like a ladies' man, but now he was also like a man's man. He was always kind of like oh, flirting with wait. everybody. I know who you're talking about now. It is the Keanu yeah, Reeves he movie was... is also well. No, oh, I yeah, remember. Yeah. I about that. yeah, I remember him as. Um... Alan Moore, he was introduced in Swamp Thing when Alan Moore was doing it, running mm-hmm. Up mm-hmm. for it. And, yeah. like, he just wanted to create the Sting. Like, the, this old, like, 80s rock star, the Sting. And he yeah. just wanted to put him in. So yeah. he just introduced John Const- John Constantine. Constantine. I can't yeah. say his last name. Maybe Constantine. That's always a toss-up. No. Constantine. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I guess um, that that there's a really good... I'm sorry, I just kind of, like, took it off a constant scene. But, like, the, it just reminds me of a really good uh, 8-Bit Philosophy video I saw the other day, mm-hmm. which uh, 8-Bit Philosophy done by these wonderful people over at Wisecrack who do, like, this really highbrow stuff, but at the nerd level. Yeah. So it's, like, it's really smart content. I, I, I'm not trying to advertise for them, but I am. We but are not, not sponsored, unfortunately. You could do And that. I'll say, Go if you want us. to, hi. Hi, yeah. Hey. We're always here. How's it going? But, like, um, they do this thing called 8-Bit Philosophy, where they break down, like, old-school philosophy, like Carl Jung or, like, you know, Freud, into, you know, terms that modern gamers could understand. Yeah. And they had a video about female identity as broken down by some French philosopher, and they used who other than Samus Aran. Yeah. Aran or Aran, but that's... But, like... Constantine. Constantine. Samus Aran. 
But like the the whole deal with the French philosopher, I can't remember her name for the life of me, was that like male defines itself as like male because like that is who the male is, but the female like culture and like stereotype defines itself by what isn't male. And what makes okay. what makes a woman is like how she responds to that. Just like a character, like how a person responds to their own gender, like roles and stereotypes and all these things that are thrust upon them, that makes their character, which is yeah. part of why I have beef with gender swapping. Yeah. Is because it, it changes the character or yeah. weakens them. I'm I'm familiar with that philosophy. I cannot remember her name. It's an interesting like, name. I know too. who you're talking yeah. about. No. And like, yeah. But I, I think it's one of those things where we've kind of the way especially just society in general has moved, we've moved past it to the point where, like, genders aren't inherently part of who people are and people don't feel that connection near as much because... Uh, well, we, it's, it's still there. It's still there. But, uh, I mean, definitely I am all for supporting uh, people's uh, gender identities, and that's important to people. Yeah. But I feel like when we talk about, like, maybe gender-swapping characters or talking about... Uh, like genders of, uh, like unknown genders of uh, characters, like in Undertale, Frisk, our main character, it's like, what are you? And it's like, who's, who's I'm a deliberately kid. gender <laughs> ambiguous? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, which I which I see as positive because, like, it, well, the whole point of Frisk was to be a blank slate, yeah. for everyone to imprint upon, and I I think that's great that like, it, Frisk is neither male nor female, definitely. Which means that everyone can look at Frisk and be like, this is like, you know, this is, I can see myself as this character. They actually just announced a Pokemon, Sun and Moon, like, they call them trial captains instead of gym leaders now. And, like, it's very it's very ambiguous as to rather uh, she or he is a boy or a girl. And so, like, people have made memes, like, they're like, so are you a boy or a girl? And she's just like, well, I'm a trial captain. Yeah, I love that answer, that middle of the road. It's like, all right. Are you a girl or a boy? I'm a kid. And it's like, no, what's in your pants? Determination. <laughs> like with uh, Fris. I love that. Determination? Yeah. Me too, Fris. <laughs> Me too, Fris. Me too. Good for you, kiddo. But, but I guess what I was trying to get at is that I feel like... Um, personally to me, gender swapping is fine. And uh, even doing the middle route of like not giving any gender identity at all is because we more identify... We, we don't say this is inherently male or this is inherently female anymore. It's kind of just like which is pro- everything which is, is everything. Yeah. Stuff is stuff. People can like the stuff. Put your babies in pink or blue clothes. It doesn't matter. It's a baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to throw up on it either way. <laughs> which, which isn't to say you shouldn't have like any pride for being your gender, whatever it is. Yeah. Like you, if, if you were a man, take pride in being a man. If you're a woman, take pride in being a woman. Yeah. But I think it's wrong to but be it like. Shouldn't be like I define on myself you. as male because I'm into trucks or something. I am something. a man. Yeah. I will get up and chop lumber. Yeah, or like I'm. There should be strength in both genders. Yeah, yeah, or like I define myself as female because I like baking and sewing, and it's like, well, you could also define yourself as male and like baking and sewing. You know, it's not in... things aren't inherently gendered. Nothing is inherently gendered. Not I even love people. Baking. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, oh, I want to go make cookies, cookies. after this. Love to bake. Yes, but uh, yeah. So, uh, 
trying to find a good segue into here. I love all the conversations being we're evil. having. Being evil. Let's talk about being evil. Being evil, being evil being is cool, evil, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. So oftentimes being evil is the most memorable part of a story. It's like very, the villains are hugely sensationalized. And we have that uh, very much... Uh, epitomized in like Frankenfurter from uh, Rocky Horror Show. Oh, oh gosh, man. Um, we all remember Frankenfurter more than any of the other characters. I, I have don't. trouble remembering names, but I'm like, Frankenfurter, Tim Curry, yes. yes. Uh, I'll, I'll be totally honest. I've, excuse me, I've not seen a whole lot of Rocky Horror, so you Shame. might have to fill in. So, yeah. You've had to fill in a lot of blanks. Just that's keep okay. it going. Okay. There's audience members who are in the same boat as me, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, and that's what we do here at the Shame podcast. Shame for them, too. But, Thank you. So we remember Frankenfurter, who uh, is a hugely camp character. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, so I'm not hugely familiar. Are we saying now that Frankenfurter is definitely trans or is just in drag? No, she, he... He is absolutely uh, transsexual. Uh, it kind of borders between rather uh, he presents as a man or a woman. But, like, yeah, his opening number, we meet him singing Sweet Transvestite from Sensational Transylvania. It's a great song. But, yeah, he uh, is is transsexual, but he's also kind of uh, gender fluid. He just okay. kind of... Okay, I was wondering because we always say he, and I didn't know if that was just, he, like, people not being PC or... You may what. refer to him as the good doctor. The good doctor. And I, I assume his, his name is like a pun between Frankenstein and... Uh, Frankenbeans. What is, what is the, well, no, I was thinking the like euphemism Frankenfurter, for... which is kind of like... Yeah, which yeah, is the euphemism, euphemism for, for the male... Yeah. The male yeah. yes. Genitalia. But uh, so Frankenfurter, hugely remembered queer character, comes to forefront of mind when thinking about queer characters, but really bad character. Oh. <laughs> Murder. <laughs> rape. Turning people into sex slaves. Oh. All that is involved. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. okay. That's like... Building <laughs> creating life to use as a sex slave. Yeah. That um, is... Okay. Which is impressive in itself, creating yeah. life. Probably don't use it as a sex slave, but... Yeah. Could, well, do, yeah, could and, do good things with that, but... Well, even though he's not technically, like, gay necessarily. Like Matt said, he's, like, more gender fluid, you said? Yeah, like, gender fluid. Like, queer characters as a whole. Yeah, like... Being he, represented as... Yeah. I, I think queer is just a good word to just encapsulate. Yeah, him. that's yeah. my favorite umbrella term. And like the the whole deal isn't that like that there's a gay character on the screen or like a a queer character on the screen, but it's more that like not only is it a bad representation of the queer community, but it vilifies being queer. And I, it like see that's the thing. That's the hard. So like, argument. does he it's fall like, into that category where like no. he vilifies it? Do we? Because I've not Rocky seen Rocky Horror Picture Show is such an iconic like movie for the community. It's just, it's so it it was created for people who felt left out or for people who felt weird. It was a movie for them, and it was kind of the first time that we got people who like just threw gender away and were like queer characters. And like almost everyone in that movie play, whichever you see, is kind of like queer a little bit. Like it's just there's there's so much. Like, yes, he's evil, and yes, it's not the best representation for the community, but still, it's seeing him as a character is just so good to see someone else like you. Yeah, even because, well like, spoken. yeah, that was you. yeah, oh, Coven Claps, that, Coven Claps. Welcome to the world of Coven Claps, guys. Oh, that's but, a thing. Uh, that's a thing. I'm the sorry, I've not, I don't know no. these things. No, that's cool. That's cool. Go listen to our other podcasts. That's your homework. Yeah, the um, listeners are like, I this guy's an I idiot. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm the favorite. I don't yeah. even know. I'll, I'll confess, <laughs> I don't know what our theme music is. Ah, we, we've got new theme music that is premiering Ooh. on this episode, Whoa. guys. So it, it's me saying I'm Batman in a really deep voice. Right, that's yeah. it. That's the whole thing. I'm going to put like a little jingle behind it, but that's it. It's just going to be... Dit, dit. Just so, a remix. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it's hard because we have these really memorable characters. They're not good characters, but we but still it, identify with bad characters yeah. as a whole. Like, there's so well, many Joker the fanboys. There's so many Joker fanboys. There's so many people who are like, I wish I had a relationship like Joker and Harley. It's awful, but people still identify yeah. with it for Hashtag some reason. Hashtag <laughs> relationship goals. Yeah, like... I, I would definitely classify that as an abusive relationship. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because, uh, yeah, like, she is... We had one of our first yeah. episodes this season was all about hashtag relationship goals, Harley and Joker. Oh, man. Total, just wonderful, healthy relationship that they have <laughs> between each other. Really good to see on screen. Uh, I, I, I hope you're being facetious. I am being so okay. facetious. Okay. So facetious. Ugh. Good. So, yeah, it's like, so, in general... We definitely want more positive representation for queer characters and for female characters. But also, should women and queer folk be excluded from the halls of villainy just because it's not good for them? Oh, absolutely not. Everyone should be a villain. Everyone. No more heroes. Because everyone is a human no being. More no more yes! heroes. Yes! Just villains. Which is on my t-shirt right now! <laughs> oh Matt, gosh. you brilliant, you brilliant person. If you didn't know, it's also a great that game. That was... It is a fantastic game, which is a topic for another time. Yeah. I want to cosplay just... Travis so bad, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> which is, yeah. you you may look up No More Heroes if you are very interested. It's a fantastic game, but again, besides yeah. the point. But, like, everyone loves a good villain. And everyone yeah. loves to identify with a villain, even if you don't want to. Like, you kind of, you kind of like, like having an evil side. And you're just like, ooh, I'm going to be devious. I'm going to take two cookies from the cookie jar today. Yeah. Like, yeah. everyone should, should have, like, a, someone to identify with in, like, media. That's the biggest thing for me is, like, yes, it's teaching kids, like, this behavior is bad. But maybe there's that, like little boy watching the Disney movie who's like, who's like wow that character is like me and like yeah. it's just exciting for them yeah where where they learn representation you know? is so important I, Maybe... I remember reading like all the uh, you know uh, stories about like little black girls finally being like there's a Disney princess I can right. be yeah when uh, Tiana came out yeah that that, that kind of broke my heart that yeah, it's like it's that it was to that point where it's, it's like, like I can't be Snow White because Snow White is Snow White, White. yeah and like so white i mean the 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 question would more be like would uh, would female villains and gay villains like be a bad influence on you know females and gay people like it's, queer it, but people. then we're like are male villains a bad influence yeah, on like men yeah like there's that whole argument where it's like there's plenty of male villains but like there's not a lot of people who are like deliberately aping after them when they, like, commit crimes. Yeah, except for, like, James Holmes. <laughs> I, I'm i unfamiliar with this man. The Aurora, Colorado shooting. Yeah. Where he was like, I'm oh, the Joker. Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah. But that that is uh, an outlier, obviously. A, a very... That's <laughs> the outliers that come up whenever they try to ban violent video games, which is... Yeah. 
but like in itself, yeah. So so overall consensus, like more queer and female villains. Yeah, I vote yeah. wholeheartedly yes. Same. Totally. I want to see more evil there. people. Uh, I have this little monologue, and it says women, but it's every time I say women, I also want everyone to think I'm also saying queer characters as a whole. So there was this uh, post that went around Tumblr and went around uh, kind of everywhere for a while, especially when it came to being like, well, we, we've had so many, you know, like strong female characters in like YA novels lately. Like we had the Hunger Games and like Hermione and like the Divergent series. And then people were like, well, you know, we only have this one dimension of women. So this was kind of the response in uh, it says... Uh, screw writing strong, air quotes, women, write interesting women, write well-rounded women, write complicated women, write women who kick ass, write a woman who cowers in a corner, write a woman who's desperate for a husband, write a woman who doesn't need a man, write women who cry, women who rant, women who are shy, women who don't take any BS, (laughs) women who need validation, and women who could care less about what anyone thinks. They are all okay, and all those things could exist in the same woman. Women should be valued because we are strong. Or we, women shouldn't be valued because we are strong or kick ass, but because we are people. So don't focus on writing characters who are strong. Write characters who are people. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yep. yeah. a, a perfect character is a bad character. Yeah. The, because that it's means a Mary Sue or yeah. a Gary Stu. Hence the, hence the website name. Yeah. Which was a very fantastic article. I suggest everyone uh, go write. It's just uh, the glaring lack of female villains, Which, something like that. Is, is it going to be like posted in the in the? I can absolutely do that. Yep, it yeah. will be here at bitebsu.com under our lovely podcast here. And this has been a wonderful podcast. I've had a lot of fun with you guys. Yeah, uh, I think I think this was a this was a good first experience for me. Yeah, yeah, yes. I enjoyed it. I definitely for hope two to... newbies and. A very experienced podcaster, like yes, the greatest I... podcaster of all time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, oh my! But uh, I definitely hope to have you guys uh, back here on the Coven again. Uh, this has been the most villainous episode we have ever done, and it's been super fun. I have been your host, Daily Wilhelm, the Witch of the Wavelengths. Joining me today was the articulate Ian Pemberton. Took me a second there. Yeah. Yeah. And one day we will all, everyone on the podcast will have like a witch name. You just have to figure that out one day. Take that spiritual journey. I got um, to have like my Wiccan trip. Yeah. My Wiccan name. <laughs> I'm just going to take into the, the speed forest. force from the flash. Like, hi, I'm Matt. Yeah. Witch of the speed force. <laughs> no, do it. Do it. So again, you're. <laughs> uh, I'm Matthew. Yeah. Witch of the speed force. There you go. There we go. There we go. Uh, be sure to listen to all our other podcasts here at bitebsu.com or follow us on iTunes or check out our SoundCloud at Ball State Daily. You can listen to our other series like the Anime A-Team or Button Mash and also give some past uh, episodes of The Coven a listen. Definitely uh, worth your time. And so are female villains. 